We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. All right, well... Let's get it started. So, this is the podcast. I still haven't figured out all the audio levels that need to be, so I'm just going to, you know, vamp until the music fades out because it's still blastingly loud in my ears. But that's okay. It's all right. It's not your problem. It's my problem. Um, Okay, so I apologize in advance for what a bummer this episode is going to be. You know, um, the the number 43 that this episode is called is because I am turning 43 tomorrow. And uh, the way the timetables worked out, um, I had time today to record this podcast the day before my birthday. And uh, to, I will, I'm, I'm just going to, uh, let's start the show with the bummer, right? Because we always end with a bummer. Let's start with a bummer and hopefully it will get better from there. Uh, hey, a nice little allegory for uh, the way I'm hoping the rest of the year goes. By the way, this is uh, Duffy uh, for the title track off of the Rock Fairy album. Anyway, so um, this I will always associate as uh, the 2013 as the year everything fell apart. And uh, it's, it's, it, you know, I hate my job. Miriam's had a ton of tragedy. Uh, we've got this other thing coming, and it's just like, boy, this year just couldn't suck more. Okay, so let's just pretend that um, it's all uphill. It's all it's all good times from here. Um, so anyway, um, it is my birthday. I went to the batting cages. Uh, uh, this time now I know what you're saying Hey wait a minute I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure You said Malibu Grand Prix was out of business Yes it is true They are out of business So I went to the batting cages in Burlingame And um, It was Soul crushing Because I, the only ball I hit out of 40 Not 14 40 balls was one that I drove straight into the ground. Now, this is an indoor facility, so I'd love to pretend like, well, the lighting was wrong and it's not outdoors, it's indoors, and, you know, the pitching machine is too close, and I I don't know. I I really, I mean, I I did it on the slowest pitch that they had. I I don't know. I I don't know what I was, I don't know. So that sucked. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a thing. So, uh, I, I'm sure someone has come up with this before, but, and in fact, I'm not really sure even when I came up with this idea. I just noticed in my notes, it says porn for the visually impaired. And I'm just like, that's, that is funny. I enjoy that, but I gotta feel like somebody else has already done that. Although I do imagine, so um, in my world, and, and obviously 
Obviously, there's many ways that this could be executed. Um, probably the way it's going to pan out is just a, a very, very bored man going, all right, so um, this, uh, this guy with his shaved balls and the huge cock is... Uh, is that a, what is that a tattoo of? Is that like a hummingbird or is that like a, is that a fairy? Is that Tinkerbell? Huh. That's a, probably some copyright infringement on that. Eh, that's all right. Disney people probably going to see that. Nah, they probably are because they see everything. Huh. No, anyway, she's getting rammed real hard. Yeah, you can, you can hear that in the, in the audio thing. You don't need me to tell you that, you know, she's pretending to enjoy herself she's probably somebody's daughter she's definitely somebody's daughter I mean, she wasn't growing in a test tube anyway wait you know because you know that like anybody who does that job for more than a week isn't like yeah man and she's digging it and look at her choke on that cock man oh, I'm sorry man you can't look you know I'm just like looking the figurative you know just like hey man that's awesome what I'm jerking it too. Are you jerking it? We're all jerking it. Yeah. No. Because all of it just gets boring after a while. I mean, because every job, when it becomes your job, becomes a job, right? So, you know, it, it, it you're doing it every day. Every day. Every day. Uh, it just becomes unfun. Oh, hey, Alabama Shakes with Hold On. This is uh, the big hit off the album. And I wanted to put this on just because in case you haven't heard of the Alabama Shakes, uh, I think they're fantastic and fantastically weird. I actually think I featured this song on a past podcast. But anyway, um, but coming up in a second, we're going to have the non-hit, just so you can hear just a little bit more from them. So I'm, I've gotten to this point now where I'm really, I, I'm kind of fascinated as to what people who in the future will listen to this podcast all at once, um, what they would think of it. Because, you know, when I do this once a month, it's like, you know, when I watched um, uh, the, uh, the Spider-Man cartoon You remember that really crazy one With the purple backgrounds And the recycled footage And when you watched them once a day And you were seven You didn't notice how recycled all the footage was And how shitty the animation was You were just like, yay, Spider-Man But then when you're in your 30s And you rent the DVDs And you watch episode back to back to back to back And you're like, wait a minute There's only like five minutes of original footage in this And the rest of it is just like I must follow him back to his hideout. Web swing, web swing, web swing, web swing. And and then, you know, 22 minutes later, you're like, what is, what is, what is making that noise? Hang on a second. Anyway, it was just my UPS freaking out. So my point is, is that um, you, you, when you, listen to these episodes and more importantly when you record these episodes like I am myself doing once a month you can't remember like what you talked about and even if you've skipped a couple of episodes you don't 
you don't rem you not, not only do you not remember, but you feel like you need to reset for people who are listening in real time because you know you're recording it in real time. So of course you're gonna reset. But then um, you you when you when you wa listen to episodes and gang them together, uh, it's a very different experience because you know I'll say something, I'll reset it, I'll reset it wrong. You got to hold on. And you'll say, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, shut up, dude. We, we heard that already. We've heard that, you know, every episode. You know, every time I talk about how shitty my life is and then I have to reset my life and say, like, oh, it's not that bad. And then I list the same five fucking things that's the reason why it's not so bad. Like, everybody's listening to this going, God damn it, man. Yes, I know that. I heard that. Because, you know, if you were listening to this every day, every other day, once a week, you know, it's it's compressed into this world where you're, you know, is such a different listening experience, especially because the idea of, well, this is, this may live forever, right? I may throw that, you know, I may write this into my will that this has to be set up, that it will always be available. I realized there were a few things about uh, the Hawaii trip that I left out in the previous podcast. Um, one is I'm always surprising myself just how insanely foul and dirty I am at times. Uh, so I'm in the water, I'm bobbing around, having a great time, super warm, and uh, this teenage girl let's pretend she was 18 okay just so I can kind of be not so creepy for one minute um, she had a gaggle of 10 year old girls following her all carrying surfboards and um, I instantly made up this scenario in my head where I'm talking to the 18-year-old, yep, 18, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, you teaching, you teaching class, huh? Yeah, yeah, you teaching class? How about you teach class on my dick? Yeah, how about I just bang you from behind and I just scream at your students? Yeah, this is what you have to look forward to! I am just laughing like a maniac, bobbing up and down in the water because I'm like, wow, that is so incredibly fucked up. Like, here I am just taking the most nice, honest, beautiful moment of, you know, she, she was actually probably an older sister to one of those kids. And then like, those are her friends and she's just trying to be like the cool big sister and teach them how to surf. But not me, man. I am just dirtying it up. Oh, this is the man Spoon. 
Um, so for those, uh, I am late to the party on Spoon. Apologies, sorry everybody. Um, but but get into Spoon, man. They're great. You go so far and keep on marching along. Oh my God. Okay. So I told you this episode would be full of bummers. Um, the <laughs> one of the things on the the trip, the Hawaii trip, that was a real bummer was um, this was the trip where I realized my dad got old. I I had to drive my dad home from some dinner that we were having somewhere. And uh, I didn't think I was driving all that fast. But when we got home, he was like, oh, I feel a little car sick. And I was like, okay. You know, he's always been sensitive. He's always had a, a sensitive stomach. And I didn't think I was driving that fast. But I was like, okay, well, maybe I was just driving fast. So the next day, we went tubing. And the, the tubing trip is really interesting. I'll get to that in a second. And the, And... The tubing is in a part of the land that is not um, developed, let's say, on Hawaii. On Kauai, specifically. Uh, and I looked at the clock because I wanted to make note of this. After six minutes, he laid down on the bench seat because he was like, I can't do this. I'm totally car sick. And... I've never seen him that bad. And I was like, that's kind of when it hit me that I was like, oh shit, he's an old person now. Now don't make me a target. And I only say this for the narrative and for to set my life in context for you all. Um, oh, I should. Well, I already said that this is the year I turned 43, so we'll see how well he does in the next few years. Hopefully he'll live till he's 90. Who knows? He's adopted, so we don't really know what to expect, because, you know, we don't know anything else. Um, but, oh, let's, let's talk about this tubing trip for a little bit. The tubing trip is really interesting. Um, it's on a piece of land that Steve Case, the guy who started AOL, bought. Which, if you watch the movie The Descendants, that's what it's all about. That movie is all about selling that piece of land to Steve Case. And it's shot partially on Kauai, it's mostly shot on Maui. Um, but, and, and the author of the book, you might remember The Descendants won the Academy Award and then, um, the guy from uh, Community came out and thrust his leg out like Angelina Jolie and everybody had a big shit fit and I didn't really even get it until somebody explained it to me. But anyway, uh, it's, oh God, it is not a good movie. I mean, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but it's depressing as fuck. Jesus, this movie is, dude, this is not a lighthearted comedy, right? You gotta go in knowing that. Oh my God, this is how I knew my ex-coworker was a psychopath. Oh, by the way, this is the Lumineers. This song, I really feel like could have been a Richard March song. Um, especially because it's just all about him and his friends and all of this. And this just goes to show you like how cruel show business is because Richard does the exact same thing 
four years before them nothing and then they do this and it's like yeah that's kind of the same thing and they have this big hit with not this song but one of the others and it's just like wow that's just just chance and luck and who hears it and all that stuff now uh, the Descendants, super depressing. So you got to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. So don't go in thinking like, oh, George Clooney, light-hearted comedy. Yeah. I'm not sure why you would ever be talking like that, but who knows? There's always a last time for everything, right? So, uh, oh, yeah, 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 this is how I knew my, my co-worker was a psychopath. Um, I mentioned, so the whole movie is about George Clooney's wife uh, has been uh, in a horrible speedboat accident and is in a coma and they found out that she's going to die and all his kids hate him and oh and his wife and his wife was having an affair and uh no one is likable in the movie except for uh judy greer oh judy greer um uh she plays the cheater's uh wife and she's great Ooh, and this is Richard March, just as well as produced. And how this guy never had a country career fucking makes me mad. Anyway, so I'm at work and we're talking about the Descendants. I just come back from Hawaii. I'm screaming about the Descendants, and fucking Louise is like, I don't know. I didn't find it depressing. Fucking Louise and your giant head and your small mouth. What the fuck? How do you not find everything I just said not depressing? It's a, it's the recipe of depressing. And the fuck they hate And so he goes around and he tells everybody that she knows you have to say goodbye to this woman that you loved who is going to die. And she is not conscious and she can't hear you and she can't even blink her fucking eyes. How is that not depressing, fucking Louise? I'm glad you quit, motherfucker. <laughs> Ah, feels good to get it out. I mean, I like Louise, but she got under my skin a bunch. Like, there were a bunch of times at work where uh, I would be like, hey, you know this ad? Because I work in internet advertising. I'd say, be like, hey, this ad is all jacked, and, you know, there's no close button on this expandable. And I was just like, and she would just shrug and just, like, get mad at me because I pointed out something that the developer on the ad agency side should have fucking noticed. Fuck you, Louise. Fuck you and your small mouth. I love having Richard, like, happy show fun Richard March in the background and then me just yelling profanities over the top of that's the best. So anyway, so what's what's neat about this, or what's good and bad about this um, uh, tubing trip, is that so the deal is Steve Case grew up on Kauai, but has no home on Kauai, and uh, he bought this big chunk of land, and the whole deal was you cannot build a permanent structure on this chunk of land but they do have zip lining which i guess is fine because that's not a permanent structure i don't know but a a paved road counts as a permanent structure so you can't do that so yeah those roads can get a little rough 
Um, so anyway, so uh, we get, we're on the road uh, up to the top of the mountain uh, to go down the tubing trip. And the guide, who is all of, I don't know, 23, uh, she says to us, you know, do not pee in the, in the, in the river because that's our drinking water. And if you pee in it, we will go to where you work and we will poop in your water cooler. And then I looked at her and said, Challenge accepted. So, oh, at Tom Jones, it's not unusual. This was uh, our recessional music that we walked uh, down the aisle, away from the aisle, about the aisle, uh, at our wedding. And... Um, I, it's a fantastic song. I went through a whole Tom Jones phase of just playing the song on infinite loop because it's just such a fun jam. Here, let's jam. No matter what you say, you find it happens all the time. So, um, my favorite new joke, uh, speaking of jams, uh, was Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is so funny. She's on the uh, Adam Carolla show. You can follow her on Twitter, Allison Rose at Allison Rosen. Um, uh, she said the joke, um, hey, what's the difference between jam and jelly? And of course the person says, I don't know. And she says, well, I can't jelly my cock down your throat. It's not unusual you want to be sad with anyone. Isn't that great to have Tom Jones be like the the, the, the anti-tag punchline to that. I enjoy it. Uh, oh, 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 There's a little Sam Kennison for you. A very bad Sam Kennison for you. Mmm. Tool. I can't remember if I've told this story. Fuck you, I'm telling it again. Um, so back in the day, back when I was in college, uh, I got an internship at Atlantic Records, and uh, they sent out a, uh, a a note to all the colleges. And <laughs> oh my god, this was so embarrassing. So they were like one of the few record labels at that time that did not already have a street team. Then the street teams are essentially you know you see them on radio stations a lot. They're essentially college kids who know what other college kids like and they work for free and they're just trying to get their foot in the door and they market this product to other college kids. Anyway, so um, the note, and I still remember this, um, my so so D Spencer D Spencer was the the jazz teacher at San Francisco State when I was there and she's really fantastic like just a nice smart supportive teacher but also knowledgeable and really is an amazing musician and and just has a wealth of knowledge but 
And, and it's it, this was really out of character for her because she, usually she's really, really nice and she wouldn't shit on anybody. But she just couldn't help herself. And I don't blame her one bit because this was ridiculous. Um, she took this note that Atlantic Records had sent and read it in front of the class. And it was like, we want to know what's down in the streets. No joke, that's what the letter said. And, and the entire class just erupted about that. But uh, the reason why I bring this up is because uh, the internship was for Atlantic Records. And I actually wound up going back to Dee Spencer and saying, Hey, do you have that letter? Because I think this is something I'd like to do. So I, I got the internship for Atlantic. I really enjoyed it. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. They would just send me shit. And it was a clusterfuck of an internship. It really was just bonkers. But anyway, so so uh, Tool, I can't remember if they were on the label or not. But Henry Rollins was. And so um, I got tickets uh, to go see... No, wait a minute. I, yeah, I did. I did, I did. I got tickets to see Henry Rollins. And so I went just because my roommate was hassling me for the extra ticket because we always got two. And so I said, fine, fine, fine. We'll go. I'll give you the extra ticket. Let's go. And Tool was opening. And Tool was fantastic. Like, everybody, as soon as they left the stage, was like, who's that guy? Who's the, who are they? They're What, the, what was that? And then uh, Henry Rollins. I am just a worthless liar. I am just an imbecile. I will only complicate you. Um, came out. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if he still does it, but the lead singer of Tool at the time was doing this weird, like, crazy, spastic sort of Joe Cocker thing, and he also had a mohawk that started in the center of his head, like, and, you know, because he was balding, and he also had a mohawk, so the mohawk started in the middle of his head and went back, but it's like, all right, he's cool. Um, and it's, and Tool, if you have not experienced Tool, Tool is the definition of math rock like it's all just these crazy odd time signatures here let's take a listen anyway so um i I got it now how did i even oh it just tool tool was reminding me of my old internship days Oh, okay, so um, before I do this last bit, just a quick update on the whole adoption thing that I talked about in the last one. Um, Miriam informed me that the courts actually decide what they're going to do with her uh, in December, which is weird because I thought I had until June, but all that got moved up to December and... Um, it was weird. It was weird because I had such a much better feeling about it when it was June. Like, I felt like I had breathing room and time to adapt and all that shit. Because, look, let's be honest. I'm not going to do better than Miriam. She's great. And so, I just gave up. Oh. So, this is Pink. Pink. 
This is Pink's. This is uh, one of Pink. It's this is uh, Walk of Shame, and and it's it's a whole funny song about uh, Pink taking a walk of shame home after a you know night of fucking. And this was a little soul crushing. Like I just said, how great Miriam, and, and she's fucking great. Let's let's not kid around. Miriam's great. You all know how great Miriam is. Jesus Christ, like she has. You know, I feel like Jack Nicholson in As Good as It Gets, where he says, "You make me want to be a better person." She, she does. I mean, I I I try, but. I don't always succeed. Actually, I usually don't succeed. I usually do a really shitty job of being a better person. But um, when we were going to wine country, because we have a wine club membership up there, uh, most recently, she was like, I, I, so I said to her, yeah, I was putting together a playlist. And I was like, well, you know, is she going to want to listen to Doug Love's movies or the Nerdist or, you know, all these other people that she's seen live, just, you know, what's she going to want to listen to? And I, so I just walked into the office where I'm recording this right now. And I said, Hey, you know, what do you, what do you want to listen to for a ride up and putting together a playlist? And she was like, I'd like to hear the new Pink album. This whole time, I just thought she liked podcasts as much as I did. But apparently that is not the case. And ever since then, I've noticed that she just looks on her phone whenever I play podcasts in the car. And I'm just like, uh, 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 I, I, um... Okay. Which doesn't make any fucking sense because she likes... This American Life. She likes all this other shit where there's talking in it. Why don't you just like the fucking podcast? They're great. They're just as great as all that other shit. They're just not on the radio. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. But anyway, look, she's still great. Who am I? Who am I? I can't. I can never, you know, meet anybody as good as her. So, who? Boy, this music now just got crazy ominous. Actually, this music is perfect for this. By the way, this is Carmina Barana by Carl Orff. Um, this is the popular tune. You'll see it in music trailers and game trailers all the time. And movie trailers, I'm sorry, and game trailers all the time. This is O Fortuna. But uh, next week? Ne- next week. Yeah, right. Optimist. Oh, there's a first time. I'm an optimist. Oh, I just labeled myself an optimist. Mmm. Uh, no, the truth is, um, next time I I hopefully will play the second track from uh, this same operetta, which is actually, I want to say, even better than O Fortuna. You know, O Fortuna I've heard a million times, so it's, you know, maybe not. Okay. So, um, I listened to this video game podcast called... Uh, <laughs> called um, uh, why am I blanking on this a giant bomb and in July the guy who essentially started it died he died on his honeymoon died one day after he was married 
Now, they're not saying why he died or how he died. Oh, I realize that's the same thing, but... Um, but um, he was extremely unhealthy. You know, he was at least 300 pounds and uh, drank. You know, they did a eulogy for him on the podcast, and all the stories involved him drinking, smoking, eating a ton. I mean, he was the picture of unhealth. But the thing that really sunk in for me was these guys who do a, uh, a blog called A Bloggy Mess, and they're kind of in the same shape I am in. Um, they are, you know, dudes in their 30s, <laughs> I wish, uh, who are creatively frustrated. Um, but they are frustrated, and, and they sort of see their own mortality in uh, Ryan Davis passing, which I don't really do. Um, but but they, they wrote this eulogy from the fan's perspective. Because when you do a podcast, you no matter how analytical your podcast is, like I remember I used to listen to uh, Stuff You Should Know, they would drop in tidbits from their own personal lives every now and then. And you would just, at some point, you felt like, oh, I really kind of know these people. And then at one point, you know, somebody left and you were like, oh, that kind of sucks. It's not the same without her. I really appreciated the fact that they wrote this piece from the fan's perspective uh, because I am a fan and I could relate to it. So I just want to take a second and read this uh, bit and with the dramatic music in the background. I don't hide. Um, but this is uh, near, you know, you can find them on, if you just Google uh, Ryan Davis, uh, a bloggy mess, you'll find this article. Um, so I'm about three quarters of the way through it, and it says, Let's go ahead and suggest that I'm a 34-year-old, married, career-oriented white dude from Virginia with a four-year-old daughter and zero local friends. Just your typical depressed guy drudging through midlife mediocrity. As you may already know, with middle life comes all the joys that you once dreaded when you were in your late teens. Like reaching the big brass ring only to realize that it's caked with rust and the local Walmart happens to be out of brasso. The period of time where you've completed all of your adult-oriented goals that aren't even part of some bucket list that includes random idiotic human endeavors. The time when your parents' health starts deteriorating and people you know start passing away at unreasonably young ages. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because I hadn't read that, you know, since July. And it's really uh, surprising how close that is to my life now. So I'm really hoping next year's going to be better. So I'm trying to be cool with this whole like adopting a kid thing and getting older and I'm realizing I'm depressed all the time and I'm going to try and find a shrink. So maybe in the future we'll see how that goes. So 
from the music of Bright Brown. For all of you who are listening and all future yous, thank you. It's gonna get better. Gosh, I hope so. Because we're gonna do this one more time. Till then! Yeah.